I've been doing this space news thing for almost 18 years now, so I'm on a lot of mailing lists for the media. And every few weeks, there's a big press conference announced, and then the rumor mill begins, blows the news way out of proportion, and everyone's expectations are driven sky high. So when NASA queued up a press conference this week to make some announcement about extrasolar planets, I was excited, but realistic. I've been burned before. Well, here we are, right after the announcement, and let me tell you, this is gigantic news, one of the most exciting discoveries in the history of the search for planets orbiting other stars and in the search for life. So here's the news. A team of astronomers have discovered an extrasolar planetary system where there are seven Earth-sized worlds orbiting a red dwarf star. Seven. Not only that, but this is the best part, three of those worlds are orbiting within the star's habitable zone, which means that there could be liquid water on the surface of three of these planets. Suddenly, the chances for finding life in the universe went way, way up. The star is known as TRAPPIST-1, and astronomers have known that it's had planets for a couple of years now. In fact, the name TRAPPIST is short for the Transiting Planets and Planetesimals Small Telescope, which is the telescope in La Silla, Chile, which discovered them in the first place. It's also the Belgian word for kind of beer, so I'm almost certain this overlap is intentional. Transiting should tell you what technique they're using. They use the telescope to watch the light coming from the star over a long period of time. As a planet, or in this case, seven planets, pass in front of the star from our perspective, the total light dims a tiny little bit. The group of astronomers working with TRAPPIST-1 originally announced that they'd found planets around the star back in May 2016. The news on Wednesday is that they found an additional four planets and figured out that some of these are in the habitable zone. The main thing to remember is that this is a red dwarf star, not a main sequence star like our own sun. It only has about 8% the mass of the sun, which is right at the very lower limit of what's even possible for stellar fusion. Any smaller, and it wouldn't even be a star. It's about 500 million years old, which is relatively young for a star compared to our own sun's 4.5 billion years. Now that said, it uses its fuel so slowly that it'll remain in the main sequence for another 4.5 trillion years, long after the sun is dead and gone. So with this kind of feeble light, the seven planets are huddled up close to the star. What kinds of worlds are we talking about? Well, they're pretty extreme. Astronomers designate extrasolar planets by letter, starting with B, from the closest to the most distant. First up, the three planets which are too close to the star to have liquid water. TRAPPIST-1b is almost exactly the same size as the Earth and orbits the star every 1.5 days. Days! 1c is close to Earth size 2 and orbits every 2.4 days. 1d is smaller, only 77% our planet size, and takes 4 days to orbit. Now, the planets we're most interested in start with 1e, the innermost of the habitable zone planets. It's only 91% the size of the Earth, so it's a little smaller than Venus, but it receives almost exactly the same amount of radiation from its star that we get here on Earth. It takes just over six days to orbit the star once. TRAPPIST-1f comes next, the same size as the Earth, and it has about a nine-day orbit, getting about half as much starlight as Mars does. The outermost habitable zone planet is 1g. It's 13% bigger than Earth and takes 12.4 days to complete an orbit around the star. 
Compared to our solar system, it would be found orbiting somewhere between Mars and the asteroid belt. Probably pretty chilly. After that is 1H. It's 76% the size of Earth and takes 20 plus days to orbit the star. So it's well outside the habitable zone of the star and any water on the surface would be frozen. Now that said, the astronomers think that the atmospheric composition makes a big difference. So maybe more of them could have liquid water or less. Now I know your mind is buzzing right now. Three Earth-sized worlds orbiting within the habitable zone of another star. There could be life there. Well, maybe, but probably not. There's a few reasons why this system isn't the greatest place to go searching for life. Now for starters, we have three planets in the habitable zone of our own solar system, Venus, Earth, and Mars. And as we know, just because liquid water can be present, that doesn't mean that it is present. On Venus, the atmospheric pressure makes the world like an oven, hot enough to melt lead. Atmosphere is the problem over on Mars too, where it's not thick enough to trap in the heat. Mars is a cold, dry desert. You wouldn't last more than a few moments on a surface without a proper spacesuit. Even though liquid water could exist, that doesn't mean that it does exist. And there's another problem, the star itself. TRAPPIST-1 is a red dwarf star, and these have a reputation for being temperamental. Some can produce mega flares that would scour the life off a planet like Earth, especially considering how close they have to be for the liquid water to form. Seriously, compare the orbits of the planets of TRAPPIST-1 compared to the moons of Jupiter. That's how close they are. Now that said, the astronomers studying TRAPPIST-1 say that it's a very quiet star, so maybe there's some good news there? Because the planets are located so close to their parent star, they're probably tidally locked, like the moon is locked to the Earth. This means they only show one face to the star, one hemisphere of the planet is in constant sunlight, while the other hemisphere is in permanent darkness. I don't know about you, but it sounds like it would make life harder. There is one idea that will fire your imagination, though. These planets are huddled so close together in the system that they're easy to see from each other. If you could stand on the surface of one world, the other planets would be visible in the sky. Not as points of light, but as actual worlds larger than the moon. One last thing to remember, this star is located 39 light years away. That's relatively close in galactic terms, but it's incredibly far away considering how tough it is to get to Mars. We have no way to travel there and study any closer. Even messages to and from any intelligent civilization would take a single human lifetime to hear a reply. We're really only going to be able to observe these worlds from afar. This week was historic in the search for extrasolar planets. We still haven't found that elusive 2.0 yet, you know, Earth-sized world orbiting a sun-like star in the habitable zone, but it's a collection of planets like nothing else we've ever seen. Once the James Webb Space Telescope and other big observatories get working, they'll tell us even more. More about their orbits, atmospheres, and even if they have exomoons. We'll get a much better sense of what star systems look like across the Milky Way and where we should be looking next. This episode was a bit of an experiment. We dropped everything to help you understand a big piece of news that broke this week. Do you want more of this? Let me know your thoughts in the comments. The search for another Earth goes on. Here's a video where I talk about what it's going to take to find a true Earth 2.0. So when NASA queued up a press conference this week to make some extra solar... Mm.